0: And welcome back, guys, to Reclaiming Filipinx Identity Season 4, Episode 4. Today on the podcast, I had the pleasure and honor to invite Dr. Addison Bolasan to be interviewed here today. And honestly, I've been actually saving this time to, like, really do this interview because I feel like I just recently, like, met him through our creative director Tiffany and just seeing and hearing the work he's doing for his community especially running as a Kauai council member and how much youth he is getting involved with his campaign and and ev- anything everything that he does it's through the heart and soul of the community and I feel like he is a a really great example to all the younger generation out there and without without further ado i think that's a really great way to segue to the podcast so yeah hi everyone welcome to reclaiming philippinex identity podcast show my name is chachi abara and i'm one of the hosts for this podcast today for this season 4, I have the pleasure and honor to have Dr. Addison Bulasan to be on here today. Hi, Doctor!
1: Hi, everybody. Hi, Chachi.
0: Hi! So, um, first up is, can I have you please introduce yourself? Uh, your name, profession, um, gender pronoun, and... Just tell us a little bit about who you are, and after that, um, describe yourself in a Filipino dish.
1: Ah, Filipino <laughs> dish, nice. Let me go backwards then. I would yes. say, I am, uh, I am uh, pork adobo, because I'm the, your common Filipino uh, dish. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but my name is Addison Bolasan. I live here on Kauai, um, Hawaii. I am a doctor of chiropractic. I practice here on Kauai and on Maui. Um, my office focuses on uh, the upper cervical or the upper neck and the nervous system. I own that office. And then I, I also own several other businesses. I own a business in Tasting Kauai, which is a food store business on Kauai. So we promote local businesses and local restaurants and use local ingredients. Um, and then I um, also do music. I play music and I DJ and I record music, all the all the fun stuff with music. So that was pretty cool. Um, I uh, would identify myself as a male, um, and I am second generation Filipino.
0: Yeah,
1: thank Filipino, you. Filipino American in Hawaii. Yeah,
0: and just a little fun fact. Um, in our mental health book you mentioned that you are a descendant of the great Carlos Bolasan. Can I have that confirmation?
1: Yeah. So I am. <laughs> so uh, Carlos Bolasan is my great uncle. Great uncle. Great great uncle. What's mm-hmm. the one where it's um. He, uh, he technically he would be my great grandpa so yeah, great uncle
0: I think when I found that out, I um, think last week I was very shocked because um, I thought it was just a common name, common last name thing because that's what we Filipinos have, we have common last names but when you said that you were actually related, I felt like that was a, a really interesting to highlight Especially because I'm reading that book again for class.
1: Oh, America is in the Heart?
0: Yes.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Um, it's actually the first book that I've ever read cover mm-hmm. to cover. I've never really read books all the way, and that was the first <laughs> book that I've read all the way. It's kind really of interesting.
0: I think your, 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 your great uncle is very proud of you reading that book.
1: I hope so. You know, he's an interesting guy. He he did so much in his time. I mean, the, it's the little stuff, right, that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. He wrote about the, the challenges of of being in um, the labor industry as a Filipino-American in the West Coast of the United States. And he shared the struggles, you know, of, of being a Filipino in America. And so, you know, he, he really cared about taking care of each other and making sure that we're well-represented um, so it was humbling to be in Binolonan um, in, in uh, 2000. Oh, yeah, 2018. We went as a family. Uh, my family, um, my dad's side, which is the Bolosan side, um, and then we met up with the Abella side family and the Sparrow family. And um, it was great to be uh, be there and uh, see the erected historical marker that they have in his hometown. Um, and the dedicated street to him, um, knowing that he really helped make sure that us Filipino-Americans here in Hawaii and in in the United States have, um, you know, have, have the rights that we have now, and, you know, it's interesting that today is, um, we celebrate in the United States, it's Indi- Indigenous People's Day, which is a celebration of the Native Americans, and, you know, what they've done to survive the challenges of being colonized, and I reflect. I reflected today about that because, you know, we as a Filipino um, culture and a Filipino um, uh, family, we've been colonized for hundreds of years um, in the in the Philippines, and so we we definitely understand the struggles of that of ind- Indigenous people having those challenges, and so it's just a a great day to be talking about life and. And all the things that has happened to be where we are.
0: Yes, and I think um, Carlos Bulosan is a really great uh, person that have ignited or like really started um, making the voices for many Filipino Americans who did immigrate here in the America and Hawaii.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that that was a big piece, right? He made he wanted to make sure that our voices were heard. So he was one of those political writers that really wanted to make sure that we were well represented in these organizations and help with the unions like ILWU, and um, making sure that we we have the same rights as everyone else. So we really appreciate all the work that he has done for us, and that's and that's yeah. what really it is. You know, a lot of people have done so much. For us, you know, for when I talk about us, I mean, you and I as the second, third, fourth generation uh, Filipino Americans that live in uh, Hawaii or any other state in the United States. And as we build our own impact in the world, um, these people that came before us didn't sacrifice all those challenges to make sure that we weren't persecuted or challenged with the same, um, you know, persecutions that they were living
0: um, and I think before I go on on the question, I just wanted to really highlight how um, even the book America is in the Heart that it's very, it's read in every ethnic studies. I also wish that it's also being encouraged to read in American histories as well because uh, it has so much uh, historical facts and that people should learn about. Uh,
1: I agree. Contextually, it it really shifted my perspective of how things were back in those times. I mean, when we think about US history and the way we learned it in the the school systems, you never really understood the struggle. And that's something that I I kind of wrote about today in my personal uh, Facebook page. I shared about the struggle that we've all gone through or what um, our ancestors have gone through find themselves where they are and it's really important for us to reflect back on those things because it allows us as younger folks to continue the healed process right we can't we can't understand some of the changes and the challenges that we are facing now unless we get the context of what it came from you know and so like uh, racial discrimination and and equal rights we you know in order for us to understand those things yes we have to experience it somewhat but also if we could just learn from our ancestors from the you know the history of what they've gone through to allow us to better continue the healing process for all of us
0: Mm -hmm. and with that said to transition on doctor have you personally struggled with embracing your own cultural identity
1: Yeah, I definitely did. You know, in the beginning as a young Filipino, young Filipino-American, one of the challenges was growing up in Hawaii where it's such a mixed pot Mm -hmm. of different culture. You know, there's a lot of things coming together. And um, one of the challenges about being a Filipino-American is, is, you know, and Filipino-American being born and raised in Hawaii was like, you had an opportunity to learn from all these different cultures, right? So I would learn the American culture, I would learn the Hawaiian culture, and then I will learn the Filipino culture. And I had the opportunity to choose how I wanted to be as a person. And I feel grateful to have that kind of experience. But at the same time, it also challenged my, my ability to identify as just a Filipino um, because I wasn't traditionally raised up in just the Filipino culture. And so, you know, I'm like many other Filipino-Americans that don't speak my language. I can't speak Tagalog or Ilocano. Um, I can barely understand um, and um, I can understand to you know, the effect of like, if I did something wrong or if I did something right, you know how that works for mm-hmm. us Filipino-Americans that don't understand our language. Um, so that's, that was hard because um, oftentimes, you know, in Hawaii or in the United States, um, Filipino-Americans that don't speak our own language are oftentimes looked down on that we never really carried our culture and our language um, so that was hard because uh, you know a lot of Filipinos were trying to connect with me later in life in my undergrad or graduate school and they'd speak to me in Tagalog or Ilocano and I wouldn't understand and then when I, um, when I visited the Philippines in 2015 for the first time Um, You know, it was such a, it was, yeah, it was sad that I couldn't respond to them in their own, in our own language. Um, So that was one difficult part of it. Um, The other difficult part of it was that um, because we're, well, because I was born and raised here in Hawaii, um, I then began to kind of identify myself as more of an Islander than, or like a Pacific Islander, like Hawaiian Pacific Islander instead of like a Filipino Pacific Islander. And so it was a culture clash of, like, trying to find out what my identity was. So that was interesting. And one thing that kind of got me through it was that my grandma and my parents would teach me that, you know, a lot of what Filipino culture is, it's not just, you know, if you can speak your language or if you can eat, you know, balut. It's really about, you know, our values as a, as a core culture, and which is taking care of one another, being there for each other. Helping when you can, um, and just loving one another, and that's kind of the thing that I, I like to say is, is, it's not unique to just the Filipino culture, but I feel like we just excel at that as a Filipino culture, that we're, we're really caring and helpful um, as an entire, um, you know, community, and it's just it's you can see it when you people visit the Philippines or when someone comes to, into a Filipino house, right? Like we're so caring and helpful um there's like no limit to our our resourcefulness and our, our ways of giving you know and so it's it's something that i i embrace a lot
0: i think i i think i just wanted to highlight the fact that you mentioned how filipino culture is not about the food or language but it's our values as a core culture and it's the idea of taking care of one another because I feel like this gets um looked down a, a, upon. Um, people think that being Filipino, you have to learn the language instantly, but sometimes that's one of the hardest things. Because a lot of people do have this identity crisis of like, I want to learn the language, but at the same time, I feel that certain disconnect to learning the language because I don't, I don't have the accent. And I don't have, like, that certain um, ability or resource to.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I spent um, a good amount of time this past week and a half to learn how to say four sentences. Oh. Um, so it was so hard. Um, but it was it was worth it. It was kind of fun. I probably can't say it now, so don't ask me to say oh,
0: it. I was going to ask, what was the first <laughs> sentence?
1: Uh, in English, it was, um, hello everyone. Um, I hope this message finds you well. I'm Addison Bulasan, and I'm running for Kuai County Council candidate. Um, I thank you for your love and support. Uh, wish me luck. That was it. <laughs> in, in Tagalog. I oh, in Tagalog. A time. Yeah, I had such a hard time saying it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have a hard time trying to say Tagalog too. I can only just pick up conversational and that's it. Because I am full-blooded Ilocano.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that one's another unique thing about the Philippines and our culture is that we have so many different dialects. Um, My first time that I went to the Philippines, I actually went to... um, Oh gosh, I'm blanking out where we went to. um, One moment, let me let me think about it in the two seconds one one thousand two one thousand it's the second largest city in the philippines oh. um aside from manila
0: it's in the northern luzon That's-
1: Sa- oh. let's see second largest city in the philippines is- Cebu, yeah, Cebu, That's- Cebu, yeah, Cebu, um, yeah, that was my first time going to the Philippines and actually we went to the, to Cebu to provide um, uh, healthcare relief due to uh, the typhoon and we provided care to hundreds of uh, Filipinos there um, through a mission trip that we had through my company. And that was the first time in 2015 and and then I stopped by in Manila and with my family, and I didn't realize um, how many different dialects there were. It's just okay. amazing.
0: It is, and I think Cebu is on my bucket list because it's really showcases one of the beautiful, the beautiful cities in the Philippines. But hopefully, after the pandemic. So um, I know you briefly mentioned it, doctor. How about how you see yourself within your cultural identity? But um, was there ever um, any slight change of how you see yourself now and before?
1: Yeah, there's a tons of changes. I mean, the biggest change was um, as I grew up. You know, my parents in the beginning didn't really talk about their childhood. Um, and my dad didn't, didn't talk about it as much. Um, and I think that's just because there's a difference in, in how people grow up. Um, but my dad um, grew up without a mom and dad since age three. So a lot different lifestyle. And, you know, what really changed from my childhood to adulthood was visiting the Philippines for the first time and really understanding the culture through my family there and how they embraced me instantaneously, and how they welcomed me into their homes and welcomed me into the family and into the process of being in the family, and and so a lot had had changed for me in the sense of like my I felt connect more connected to my roots, um, and that's something that I feel like for a lot of Filipinos is is if you're if you're second third fourth generation um, Filipino that haven't been to the Philippines or or having been connected to your heritage, um, one of the biggest challenges is understanding like what you stand for as a person and what you can stand for as a community that you're part of. And that really changed going, going to the Philippines because I, I realized that my family is much larger than just who I have in Hawaii. It was, it was my family all around the world. And so my vision of what I would like to do in my life and how I acted in my life, changed because I, I thought of the world as, a, as not a big place. Well, it is a big place, but I felt more connected to the world because, you know, I had family all over, all over the Philippines that I got to connect with and, and be in relationship with. So that was probably the biggest change um, as I grew up. And then, and then finally also, you know, accepting that I couldn't speak the uh, language as clearly as, as good as I wanted to, but really understanding that it's it's about the values that we share that was more important.
0: I think to highlight from what you brought up, Doctor, is the idea of even as a second, third, fourth generation, those who haven't been connected to our heritage, it's um, the idea of understanding where you stand or what you stand for, and especially when you have to go back to um, those in the those in, those who are in the Philippines because I think there's so much more that's going on in the Philippines and acknowledging like the, the different issues that is going on there especially for us as the diasporic Filipinos is very important
1: yeah I agree
0: and to uh, transition is what does it mean? Um sorry, what does the phrase reclaiming your Philippine identity mean to you?
1: For me, I mean this is about embracing my culture and, and making sure that we take upon the the sacrifices and the challenges that was handed to us by our forefathers and keeping um keeping on with the with the with the progress that we've had as a whole. Um, as we were talking about earlier about my great-uncle, Carlos Willisand, um and I think about my grandma, Pastor Suero, and my great um, my grandpa, Catalino Suero, and all that they've done to travel to Hawaii and start a new family and start a new way of life for us here in, in Hawaii. I just feel like um, just reclaiming that identity and moving it forward so that we are well represented in the in the process of of growing our society as a whole and and when I say as a whole I'm, I'm talking about like our worldwide society I think we're getting to a point where in our type of 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 living our our how to explain this our way of living now as a community as as um, well I'm a millennial but. Gen Z and all the upcoming generations, the, our lifestyle and our way of life is so much different than what it was for our parents or for our great-grandparents because um, we're so much more connected uh, globally. And so it's super important for us to really understand our roots so that we can understand some values that we can bring forward that can keep creating a more healthier and, and connected and more cooperative um, society so we can work together and, and take care of each other and take care of our our environment
0: and to backtrack from that uh, if you could give yourself um if you could tell yourself your 12 year old self something about one thing about the filipino culture what would it be
1: my 12 year old self yes oh wow that is uh 23 years ago <laughs> 22 years ago uh, 12 years old i must have been in sixth grade so this is
0: 1998
1: <laughs> <I know. laughs> you wouldn't you weren't even born yet
0: i was actually two years
1: old oh you were two years old yet? Oh, no
0: wait i'm yeah two years old
1: Nice. I would say, hey, Addison.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, wow. I would say, Addison, there's so much more to life right now that you are experiencing. Um, don't fret the small things, but definitely have fun. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sensing that as a little kid, you were very serious, and you just played by the books.
1: Well, I, 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 I was very concerned about the world, and I was mm-hmm. very concerned about my world in that time. Like everything around me, I was hyper, hyper, hmm, hyper caring. If it, that's a it, hyper compassionate mm-hmm. about. And I, I I appreciate that about myself and about my childhood. Um. Yet at the same time, you know, I was caring about things that you know most twelve year olds didn't care about. Um. And it kind of got me caught 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 up in some challenges.
0: I think just reflecting back on now, I think that sh- that shows up. I think that speaks a lot with, with everything that you're doing now. Um. Especially as running as a candidate for Kauai Council. And um, like just seeing the work that you're doing now, um, I felt like that came so much when you were young. And I felt like um, as the election comes to an end, I, I really feel strong that you have so much to offer to your community and to those who are looking at you in the virtual screen.
1: Oh, thank you. That means a lot to me. Yeah, I think it it's coming all together. You know, your your life is cumulative of all the decisions you made and the people you you come in contact with, and I'm super grateful for the, the life that I've been living so far.
0: And then even um with the with the with the youth that you're in that you're with for your campaign um having them like be with you. Um, I think that's really like sparking a lot of um, great legacy that's yet yeah, that's that's continuing.
1: Yeah, I, I mean my whole focus on that is just acknowledging that the skills and, and strengths of people um, is now transgressing transgressing age groups, right. And, and I feel like younger folks now more than ever have so much more skill than what we had. As a younger folk back then, I mean, when I was 19 or 20 or 21, um, and there was not much I could do on a, on a campaign uh, aside from like calling people and walking door to door. But now there's so much new technology and knowledge and ways to impact the world. that you know, but I think our generations and younger generations that are coming through have such a more impactful way in our community. So. I'm really just embracing that and, and really acknowledging the, the level of skill and knowledge that all of you have.
0: And to uh, go forward 10 years from now, uh, where do you see yourself?
1: Wow, so I would be 44 <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'll be 2030. Um, at 44 years old, wow. I, I, I see myself, you know, I see myself doing the things that I love, like I am right now, but at at a much more, mm, let's see, I want to say impactful in the sense of like it's impacting more people, like the quantity of people um, and and still maintaining that quality of impact. Um, Right now, you know, I help a person in my office face-to-face one-on-one every single day. And that's, that's been amazing for these last few years, about six years now, but I would love to just kind of expand that in the next 10 years and be able to just positively impact people's lives so that their lives are better in, a, in a, just a larger context so that we can keep moving forward as a community and be able to live better lives. And so I see myself doing that kind of work. I, I'm probably going to be just as as hard working as I am now, if not more, and maybe more efficient because I'm a little bit older. and probably don't have as much energy, but maybe I might still. So I have heard mm-hmm. of other 44-year-olds having much more energy than me. I mean, I, I got I got beat on the half marathon by a 65-year-old, so I, I'm sure there's a lot more room to grow for myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And I like to ask that question because it's, it's a really great way to just reflect on not even the past, but what, what we're going to be doing um, from, from forward now.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's, I, I love these kinds of questions. I I ponder about these things a lot. Um, I am your natural space case and I I tend to, to sit around and think about things as much as possible so that um, I have a clear view of what I'm looking forward to and, And as I go through my day-to-day, I spend the time, um, you know, unraveling that. And so, you know, 10 years from now is going to be some amazing times, I think. I think a lot of the challenges that we're facing right now um, are only right now and won't be here for a very long time. I think a lot of these things will pass. And as we look forward into the future, a lot of what we experience in life is a lot of it from what we hope to create and we work towards it. So, no, it's not – it's no – it's no surprise that I am where I am because um, I definitely have been thinking about being where I am 10 years ago. If you asked me you know, at age 23, 10 years ago, if I thought I was gonna be where I'm at, I definitely hoped I was gonna be here. Um, um, but you just never know if you can make it there, you know? So that's kind of the, the fun part about life.
0: I, th- I agree with that too. And I think like, just asking ourselves, like those question, um, of, of that pinnacle point in our life, it helps us, gave us like a, a reality check, to knowing is this the is this where I wanna be, and if it's not, then how can I get to my destination?
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: So, if you were given an opportunity to just give an advice to the future generation, um, well, how would, what would you you. So.
1: yeah my my thing for upcoming generations is actually twofold i mean the first thing is really diving deep into moral code and your morality and understanding um what your values are as a person and a, as as a person part of of communities um i think that's probably going to be the most important thing that anyone growing up in these days can focus on just learning about what you care about, what your morality is, and how you um, conduct yourself as a person and what your vision and dreams are, um, and being super clear on that and how you want to be as a person. Um, because the reality for me, looking at you and all the things that are coming, there, I, I feel like um, the questions won't be if things happen or if I'm able to do this, if I'm able to create this or do these things. It's going to be is, it should I do this or should I do that? I think opportunities are going to be coming to the next generations in ways that we wish we had had it. You know, my generation or generations before, we're going to wish to have all those opportunities and your generations are going to be faced with, should I even do that, you know? And and that's the question that I think morality and and judgment calls and values are super important for us to. To really um, dive deep into. So, that, I think that's the first thing that I think I want to impress upon future generations is, is to really develop a strong moral code that you're sound in. Um, and then the second thing is um, be adaptable. Be ready to adapt quickly, be ready to make decisions quickly, and then stick with it and, and follow through. Um, because a, a big piece of this is about you looking into the future and, and really understanding how you can navigate in those things and be able to adapt to those circumstances so you can be the best version of you.
0: 2020 TED Talk Award goes to Dr. Addison (laughs) 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 Bonus. I think that's a really well said and like um, I think when you were speaking, I I think I really got inspired because it's even now um, going through 2020, I think it's, it's really having to um, have the right judgment. Like what they say when you take a road test, like um, um, have your best judgment on the road, you know what you're doing. Like I think it's just like that, like being able to know the right from wrong and always know that, um, like trying to reemphasize what you just mentioned is that don't be too comfortable of where you are because... Things will change, and things is gonna change, and it's just about being able to be flexible, be adaptable, and knowing that whatever happens in life, it's happening because um, also it's because your decision. Yes, but it's how um, it's like it's like a test of how you're gonna make it in life.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, thanks for sharing that.
0: And I think that's all the questions I have. And I saw on the doc that I put, how was your upbringing life in the Philippines, but uh, in Hawaii. But I think you've mentioned that if you haven't already, you know.
1: No, I kind of did. And I kind of alluded about how I experienced as a Filipino-American growing up. Um And, but, you know, like the big emphasis for mine was just being grown up in a multicultural system, right, where there is no one predominant culture, even even though it is United States of America here in Hawaii, it also is just ingrained in, Ho- in Hawaiian culture and, and all the other Asian cultures here too. So it was very unique to grow up. And I, I, I would want to say to anyone growing up in Hawaii, I feel like we have one of the most opportunities of opportunistic experiences here because we get to be so broad in our understanding of who we are and how we can be, and so it's exciting. I I love talking to the youth and people Brilliant. who are younger than me who are born and raised in Hawaii, um, and and especially Filipino on people who are born in Hawaii or raised in Hawaii, because you get to like get the best of both worlds. I feel like because you get the Filipino culture which is like all about taking care of one another and and being as generous as possible and, and supporting mm-hmm. each other and then you get the Hawaiian cultures that which is like super in tune with the land and super in tune with each other and making sure that we take care of the environment and we take care of who we are and then we get uh, you know a little bit of the American culture which is to to advance yourself as a person and to really see what's possible and, and find out you know the, the deepest connections of within and and, and also, challenge your possibilities. And so, I, I feel like, you know, people who are listening to this podcast and people like listening back, really look at where you are as a person and really embrace where you are because there's so much opportunity to, to become whatever you want to be. Um, and all the resources are there.
0: Yes, definitely. And it's, I think, highlighting how today is um, National Indigenous Peoples Day. Or it should be actually every day because we're always looking back to our, our land. We're all no, not our land, we're always looking back at the people who came before us and who are still fighting for their land. And it's just being able to be there for one another.
1: Yes, I agree. Oh, thank you for that.
0: And to end with a closing note, is what is your uh, most favorite Filipino phrase or word that gets you going? And you already shared your Filipino dish, but what is that one thing that you love about our culture?
1: Ooh, okay. My favorite phrase is, Alusto! <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: That,
1: was that Lusto, is
0: quick man. in Ilocano.
1: Yeah, I know it is Ilocano. It's like... Let's go, hurry up. Because I, I actually move really slow, uh, <laughs> so it's kind of funny. I used to hear that a lot, all the time. Um, and so that's my favorite because now I'm saying that right back to the people who were saying that to me, mom, dad, uncle. Now I'm moving further. It's kind of fun. It's kind of funny that it, it, it's back and forth. Um, but the, what was the second part of the question?
0: what is your favorite thing about being your but being filipino
1: oh well i think my the favorite thing about being filipino is um how we care about each other and how we just like it's an instant connection anywhere in the world wherever (laughs) you are it doesn't really matter like it, it is very common for us to be anywhere in the world and we see someone that is looking like me or like looking like each other and the first thing we say is are you Filipino and if you say you are we have this instant bond right and we're like okay I'm gonna take care of you and you're gonna take care of me and I'm gonna trust you and you can trust me and that's one one thing I think very unique about us is that is that we do do that kind of connection and we're willing to be there for each other in that way and and it's just amazing that we can embrace that and continue to use that um, because as we move forward together as a whole community and, and as a, a global family, I think that's one of the major values that I think needs to transition into every culture. Um, because once we see each other as as just another loving, caring person and we, we care for each other, um, I think all the world's problems will just fade away.
0: Mm-hmm. Because all the world needs is more love into this world. And more being able to just empathize with every single one. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: And with that, with that concludes our podcast episode for today. If you would like this, is if you, if you would like to give a shout out to anyone, I you have the floor.
1: Yes, I would love to shout out you, Chachi, for hosting us. <laughs> on this awesome podcast. Really appreciate you for um, inviting me onto this podcast. I, I really love um, leaders who step up and connect people and allow people to express themselves and also really to help others. So I really appreciate the invitation. Um, and then I want to shout out to um Tiffany Segucho. Um If she wasn't her, I would not be connected to you and I would not have this opportunity to, to talk. And then I want to then shout out then to my parents who have been so involved in the Filipino community that they've been part of the quiet Filipino Community Council that um, puts on the Miss Kauai Filipina, which then connected me to Tiffany, because Tiffany's the Miss Kauai Filipina 2019. And last but not least, I want to shout out my grandparents, um, Castora Suero and Catalina Suero. Um, they are one of the founding members of the organization that created the, the pageant, and all of this would not exist if they had not Put together the dots and care about our community and make things happen. So it's just amazing to be alive and be of this heritage and and be part of this community.
0: Yes. Uh, if I had a, a sound effect, I would put a clapping and crowd cheering. But for now, yes. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, Doctor. Um. Thank you for, um, thank you for being one of the voices of the community in Hawaii, in Kauai especially um, running as an office. I hope the best of luck for this election and always um, keep in touch as always. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, aloha.
0: Okay. And that's a wrap on season four, episode four with Dr. Addison Bolosan. Thank you guys for listening. And if you are interested in submitting a poetry or a blog post for us, please check out the description box below and if you can, and if you are generous enough to support our podcast and multimedia please donate at anchor.fm slash support thank you so much salamat po salamat thank you